What would you do if you discovered that the industry you grew up around and have worked in for years was struggling to get the next generation excited about it? Sisters Elaine and Ellie Ball are on a mission to get kids into survey, and what originally started out as a side project has since turned into a full-time job and a company that's taking the geospatial sector by storm. My name is Charlie Wyman, and I'm the host of the Curiosity Key podcast, where I interview other curious thinking advocates that believe that curiosity really is one of our biggest assets and can be used as a huge force for good and strategy for successful business and marketing. Ellie and Elaine are fellow curious thinkers and share my love for innovative marketing strategies, tech, gamification, and quirky campaigns. So there really is lots to learn and laugh along with in this episode. So be sure to take lots of notes, but if you are on the move, check out the show notes on my website. Just visit charliewyman.com forward slash podcast. Let's jump straight into this episode. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Curiosity Key podcast, where I am joined with a marketing duo, Elaine and Ellie Ball, where we're going to be talking about getting kids into surveying. So welcome Ellie and Elaine. Thank you so much for joining me. Woo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I've been looking forward to doing this episode for ages because I was just like, you know what, we're going to have a lot of fun and, and talk about lots of different things. Um, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> I know. It actually turned out to be one of the most boring episodes on the <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, really boring. <laughs> so um, Get Kids Into Survey, tell me a little bit about what is get kids in survey? Or rather, I, I know a lot, but tell our listeners. I know you do. I know you do. Okay. So my background, I'll keep it really short, but my background is in manufacturing of laser survey equipment. Um, our dad is a hydrographer and mine surveyor, very entrepreneurial. We had a manufacturing uh, plant and we sold that off. And I set up a marketing consultancy specializing in geospatial. So anything related to survey. Anyway, cut a long story short, uh, we were, it was at the Survey Association in the UK and Rachel had phoned us up and said, oh, would you like to put some, some marketing material, your stuff in the AGM packs for the surveyors? I think it was about 300 or something going to the, to the uh, AGM. I was like, Rachel, they won't read it. It's just more stuff that they're going to have to carry around or bin. I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm working with an amazing cartoonist. I will do a poster for their children on survey kit. So, <laughs> so we, between me and Ellie, this was what? This was for November 2017. So we did a giant big A1 poster of an English countryside. We had a bull chasing two surveyors with a scanner, like <laughs> a scanner, which got loads of laughs. We had a dinosaur in the pond and we had chickens and sheep and backpack surveyor and all sorts just showing different things um in the countryside about surveying because because the big problem is surveyors um they didn't know about they don't know how to come across their children or the school to say what exactly they do and I thought a visual something visual that me and Ellie could go crazy on the marketing side with and go creative as anything we could put that into them and so yeah so that's how the initial initially started <laughs> I love that. And how, so it, it's now a fully fledged business. 
Yeah. You're getting sponsorships, you've got an AI tool, you've got a cartoon and all sorts of really, really cool stuff. So like, why is it important that you need to set up a business to help kids get in, in well, interested in surveying? Yeah, Ellie, do you want to, to jump yeah, in? Um, <laughs> I mean, obviously there's, you know, the, the sort of lack of people coming into the industry. I think, um, not just kids, like obviously if you ask a group of kids, what's a surveyor do? What is a surveyor? They have no idea. But if you ask adults as well, they also don't know. General public don't seem to know anything um, much about surveying and surveyors and things like that. So although obviously all our material is very much aimed at children, it's sort of awareness of the industry as a whole as well. Um, but yeah, just getting, you know, getting that awareness of not just one sort of type of surveying either, like how many different areas it can go into as well and obviously that's why well, you know we've got the different posters different themes and I think we're sort of almost teaching the reteaching the industry as well like to the industry themselves because you know some companies have come forward and been like wow I didn't know actually you could do survey jobs in this sort of area you know in the film industry for example or gaming or um so it's actually opened up a lot of people's eyes which has been really fun oh, brilliant. Um, yeah so- super important for for just opening the eyes of the next generation coming in and, and sort of giving them the options and, and knowing what's out there, really. So have you had a lot of surveying companies that have been like, hmm, that sounds interesting. It's like definitely a way to expand my business into this particular industry that they were not aware of before then? I think they've just definitely been sort of like, wow, I didn't know about that. Or I think, yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't know if they've actually changed or, or expanded their services, but it's definitely been some, something that has been a talking point, um, which is always a good starter, isn't it? Definitely. It was a a bit of a method in my madness, though, because of the marketing consultancy side. I was always trying to want, I mean, my target audience are resales manufacturers and surveyors, you know, very, very niche. And I was always trying to sort of like, how do you encourage them to be a bit more creative and, you know, stand out of the box a little bit more, you know, get awareness of what they're doing. And it was really difficult. And what the, the cartoon, the posters have actually done is, it's made it's got them thinking in a creative way so like um mk surveys for example you know these guys uk surveyors and they've come up with this like sports car with a mobile mapper stuck on the back of it i mean it's just they've just gone wild you know and, and they're getting and the posts that they're putting on linkedin and sharing it and the the, the views that it gets so it, it's doing what i love because it's bringing out their marketing skills but they don't really know (laughs) it It has been great to see because I remember when you first launched it and a lot of the companies that were very traditional with their marketing styles and their approaches all of a sudden started getting excited about bears that had you know their (laughs) brand on it with a name and then you were just like oh yeah have you seen this bear or have you seen this dragon or have you seen this like you know little character and it was really cool to see people get excited about you know a a different way of talking about their company and what it was that they were doing in a very non-promotional way yeah no absolutely and what it's actually it's been quite good because it's sort of got two elements to it as the posters the sponsors, um, of course, manufacturers love it because the target audience is surveyors, but then surveyors like, you know, they work with each other and they do different jobs and stuff. So that's also good from a promotional standpoint, but also from a moral standpoint as well and putting something back into the industry. Because everybody's talking about the baby boomers are all leaving and there's going to be no surveyors. And you speak to the guys at Newcastle Uni or in London and they're like, we've gone from 30 in a class down to 15. What does geospatial mean? Blah, blah, blah. You know what Ellie said. 
So it's actually really good, like what Ellie was on about, you know, the re-educating everybody. But the thing is, if you go around, and, I mean, you know this, Charlie, if you go around an exhibition, I bet you there's 99% of the stands you don't know have a clue what they do because and anybody, because it's so technical and so doesn't mean anything. It doesn't tell you what it does on the tin. Whereas, the, you know, so this from a marketing perspective has got me so excited because it's, they've gone crazy with it. We've got one guy, I'm going to get really crazy now, but we've got one guy, um, Diamondback Surveying in uh, Las Vegas, and he's commissioned us to do cartoon characters for all his staff. Because <laughs> he's like, this is just amazing. It's all about brand awareness. So it's brilliant because it's just a different way of storytelling, isn't it? That's a lot yeah. more accessible and yeah. it- I don't know. I think there's a an element of removing the overwhelm. If you can create characters and create a bit of a cartoon, um, it takes the overwhelm out of storytelling. So I think a lot of people have said to me, it's just like, all right, yeah. okay, cool. You're saying I need to tell more stories, but how do, where do I start? How do I even go about doing that? So yeah. it's brilliant to see so many companies go, you know, get on board with what it is that you're doing. And exactly what you were saying is just like, you know, tell a story in a really comical, fun way that you know has a serious outcome because you know if we haven't got any surveyors moving forward then the industry is in real trouble yeah yeah, but I know what absolutely. you were saying about the geospatial industry. I mean, you, you're a lot more brave than I was. I think when I set up my consultancy, I was like, I'm not specializing in the geospatial industry. <laughs> but then when I went out of the industry, nobody knew what the geospatial industry was. So I was like, yeah. oh, right, okay. Um, but it gave me a great excuse to buy the most, the, the latest iPad because it has a LiDAR function on it. So yeah, every yeah. time somebody asks me about LiDAR, I'm like, well, check this out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, it's really funny when you said that because I was giggling away because dad actually had drawn it out in like early 2000, the concept of a laser device in your mobile phone. So, yeah, he was very, he was always way ahead with thinking. I mean, he had mobile mappers in the back of dump trucks and taxis. He says, so they'll just scan because they're driving around all the time anyway, and they automatically scan and pick up the data. Definitely. So yeah. what um, what does your dad think about the Get Kids Into Survey campaign, you know, being a, a real veteran <laughs> of the industry? Yeah. <laughs> Well, he's well. One, we we tip Mickey out of him the whole time because he one he thinks it's great. It's really good and it's needed. But we've also turned him to cartoon character. He's the last surveyor in the comic book. (laughs) So and he's got like a funny leg and a false eye and and he's just he just cringes. And I'm like, he secretly loves it. (laughs) The nearly yeah, he loves it. But also, he's got in the in the comic book. He's um he lives in this cave and it's quite funny because actually the um the writer he came up he said you know we've got this character the last surveyor do you want it to be based on anyone and I was just like oh no just you know just do you know I just explained sort of a character that I was thinking of and then he said are you sure you don't want me to base it on anyone and then I don't know it just came to me and I was just like actually we need to base it on, on our dad um and and then and then he said, okay, what about, you know, so do you want it to be your dad's name, whatever? So I was just like, you know, dad's name Steve. And he was like, that's really weird. I've already named him Steve, like before <laughs> even knowing it was my dad. And then in the, um, in the comic book, you know, Blasabea lives in this cave in the future. And um, it's, it, it's really interesting because he's actually, he's sort of, the, the writer sort of thought of all these ideas that are actually very reflective of my dad, like with his pantry full of baked beans and just little things like that. That's just, it's just so funny like it's just nice to have all those little fun things going on in it um yeah and I think I think dad loves it really (laughs) 
there any like sort of weird sort of Star Wars reference coming through yeah. here? It's like yeah. the last surveyor. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> like playing to my geekery. I'm like. Yeah. Well, no, it's really funny you should say that because Matt, who writes the the comic and the, does helps us with the the content, and then Marek, they're both really geeky on all these cartoon characters and Star Wars and all that. So you, little things get put into into the posters and stuff and you like and if you look at the mining poster there is a reference to um i shouldn't say star wars but you'll check you'll see when you look into it if you spy it in spy yeah. into the it'll probably be glaringly obvious it's like if you can instantly spot a fellow star wars fan because he starts talking about all sorts of various different things <laughs> Things we get we get really crazy because like Marek started putting Spider Man in and stuff. I says no, you have to take him out because, you know, if, when this gets popular, you know, it uh, we could have Star Wars coming back to us and all these things saying you can't share that or no, yeah, dangerous royalty feed for Spider Man, dangerous territories, dangerous territories. Territory. So the other the other thing that I love about the Get Kids into Survey is that it's uh, it creates a good conversation amongst people that aren't even involved yet and you know it's kind of turned into something a lot bigger because I guess like when we first spoke about it when it came to market like did you ever imagine that it would be what it is today um I don't know it was really weird because we when we went to the AGM with it I mean me and Ellie just were wetting ourselves because um the it's very reserved the, the industries are very reserved industry globally um and more so in the uk and you, you'd have all the posts on the chairs and they're in the packs but we had a couple on the sides and we were sneakily going up to them and sort of like taking them off the side to keep them you know <laughs> so this was all like interesting and we produced about so I, I asked some of my the people i know and just said i'm looking to raise a bit of cash to design and print this can you help me out and uh, one of the great guys who helped me out was um, was Dave Bennett at Topcon. And <laughs> I, I after that poster went out, and then uh, we had Jacobs. Um, he came up to that was um, what's he called Ellie um, Nick Nick from like. Jacobs. Nick and um, there was the other guy from Techniques. He came up to us and says, "Can I have a box? Because I want to give this to the local school." Perfect. So we did that and then we came up with the Antarctica poster and I called, I spoke to Dave Bennett because they'd done loads and loads in Antarctica with their kit. So, and it, it sort of went crazy. And there's two th- sort of things from that because the one, the Germans got hold of it and they wrote a massive big three page article in German publication. Well, it went crazy and we couldn't keep up with demand for the posters and emails and they were all in German. I was like, and this was just a fun bit of, you know, a bit of fun on the side of what I, we were doing. So we're like, oh my God. And then I remember having the conversation with Dave and I said, Dave, what do I do with this? You know, do I make it into something? He's like, well, it's up to you. Because it was, I was putting, we were putting something back into the industry. It was a bit of fun that me and Ellie could go crazy with on our marketing skills and put it back. And then I ended up with this dilemma is, do I make it a commercial business? So it was like, am I going to profit off this? Or I, it, so you know what I mean? It was like, a, what do I do with it? So we've gone down. We've got two routes. We've got an education arm, which is going to be charity focused, and then we've got the commercial arm. So yes, we are making money with it, but it's all about using our skills as marketeers in the industry to put it back in, and then also raise awareness, and then have this charity, and then our vision is to have a scholarship for especially underprivileged kids that they can then use this cash to learn fantastic I love that so what 
so you said that you had this dilemma and you were talking to Dave and, and talking to various other people like what can you explain that process because I, I can imagine we've got a few listeners that are thinking right okay I've got this great idea I might be in this dilemma as well um what was the big turning point so what made you then go down that route and just say right okay I'm going to have this charitable arm I'm going to do this commercially and move this forward I don't know I think I, I think, think it was I, like a now or never kind of situation yeah it was kind of like wow this is like just organically growing on its own like I'm not necessarily doing anything to help it push it's just naturally going all around the world so if it's doing that without us doing much to it what's it going to do when we actually put work into it and it was kind of like that's when Elaine said you know Ellie let's you know finish the contract that you're on and you work on it as sort of your full-time job kind of thing um, and just see where we can go with it and it's that sort of yeah yeah so that's how it's kind of gone forward really and we're still we're still going for it so I mean like we you'd post I mean we had um we posted a little cartoon character of the new BLK the little you know the handheld scanner and um it had 14,000 views on LinkedIn and then Ellie got hold of some little model SX10 scanners, little laser scanners. And uh, I, was, we were like, well, what could we do with these? They're like little like Lego kits that Trimble did. And one of the guys, I think it was Michael from Trimble, had posted something on LinkedIn. And I was like, oh, I'm going to share that on our Get Kids and Survey post. And it had like 60,000 impressions. <laughs> I was like, what? You know, <laughs> so all this stuff that started to happen and we were like, you, you, as a marketeer, you have a process, you know what works, but then you have these crazy things that happen and you're like, why did it do that? Why did it have a spike? Why did it get so much attention? And it's like with the German public, I mean, the poor Germans, if then Germans listening, I'm really sorry. You know, we couldn't ship out half of them because we ran out of posters. <laughs> so it's just it's a it's a bit of a phenomenon I think you know uh is it Jonah Berger from um what was it Pennsylvania University uh what's it what's the university Wharton. called Ellie Wharton University yeah he's he's got some really good marketing books actually and he talks about you know the phenomenons of things that are happening in marketing um so yeah he's he from a scientific point of view but it's still difficult to think about it <laughs> Yeah. So what in your experience in terms of, of marketing, what's been the um, easiest way of getting technical people excited about marketing other than creating cartoons and um, sort of fun posters for what to, to demonstrate what it is that they're doing? Hmm. You have to find, you have to, you have to give them little options. You have to give them tasters. What I found, so for example, when I've done workshops and I've gone and spent a day doing a workshop and the main workshop criteria is literally strategy to implementation. So where are the survey company or where is the reseller going? What do they want to do? Um, and you can see some of them, they're glazing over. But when they sort of get the link, they, they understand the, when you give them the process, they're like, okay, I understand that. And then there's certain things that will depending on the person they will suddenly like lighten up and you think oh that's interesting so like having a specific spin on some tech if they're a if they're a cad tech for example anything to do with the characters cartoons and stuff like that you can get them really excited with so that's a really good thing um 
content creation and a lot of them don't know how to write groovy content and and speak so I, I say to them sometimes you know if you're mad with somebody write when you're mad but don't post it straight away you know and <laughs> and Hadley says that in her uh, in her writing stuff that's a good thing because you you're passionate you come out with stuff what's really exciting I mean I'm like Marmite I think they either love me or hate me does the, the industry because it's I think sometimes I'm a bit overwhelming <laughs> so I have to sort of calm it down several notches when I go into workshops um and I usually a lot of it is like you I mean Ellie's the same we like the networking so you know you get somebody's attention doesn't matter where they are in the business and they have a network within their business so they will network you into certain people who are like us so then the excitement starts and then they get really excited about what you're talking about or what you're doing so yeah, and about finding like-minded people that find the same things exciting as well. Yeah, definitely found that. Like, another thing as well is that was well, Get Kids and Survey, what it's kind of proved as well, which we've always sort of talked about with marketing uh, contracts and things previous, is, you know, having that technical person be like, okay, how do I, you know, do my marketing post? And they just put in all the features and all the technical yeah. garbage. Um, and we were always explained, you know, you know, it needs to be in simple, simple terms. And I, I'm, we've also always thought about, you know, it, try and explain it to a kid like you would an eight-year-old or try and explain it as you would to a, your granny. Um, and then and then that's your marketing campaign. Um, and it's kind of like, well, that's what we've obviously done through Get Kids and Survey because obviously we've targeted towards like eight-year-olds. Um, and it's quite funny because obviously we'll have companies that will come forward and be like, actually, I know this is for kids or I know this is for, you know, um, other people <laughs> to understand the industry. But what I've actually been doing is I've been using it in my in our own business and teaching the staff in our own business what we actually do because the staff in the you know in the office don't understand what the surveyors are doing out in the field so it's yeah it's just um it's just a perfect example I think it's interesting that you say that because the company that I worked for years ago um like I tend to find something in everything that I can find exciting and I came into the industry knowing absolutely nothing about laser scanning about surveying like I didn't know anything about that you know a laser scanner to me was that thing that you saw in a club that um, made the club look kind of cool through the smoke (laughs) so then I was like oh right okay cool you can measure things with this laser scanner let's just get like you know find ways to find it interesting and a lot of people in the office that didn't go to the trade shows they weren't involved in sales or marketing or networking they didn't truly understand what it was that we were selling and it was always a bit of a challenge to get them excited about it but I always like a challenge so I was just like right how can we find ways to make them excited because I think if you can make them excited it makes it a lot easier because also sometimes the decision maker in another company isn't always as excited about the technology as the person that's using it yeah I agree so um, it's good that that you uh, use the excuse that, you know, we're targeting children with these posters, but here you have a load of marketing collateral that you can use in your own business. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. great. It's true. Well, it's like Diamondback Surveying. I mean, he's he was on the uh, Geoholics podcast. I don't know if you've heard that one. Um, I think there was a panel talking about marketing and surveying. They're all And he was just like, it's brand awareness, it's about brand awareness. And you can tell the surveyors that come forwards um majority of them get the brand awareness so like quite a few companies will go for just logos logos people will very rarely remember logos unless it's years and years and years and done certain campaigns around it very difficult when they go for a character there's an emotion that's attached to the character 
So if it's Bernard the Bear that Raggle's doing, or if it's um, Lyca's um, Draco the Dragon, or, you know, there's, there's like, I mean, we've got some really crazy characters, um, but people remember them because of the emotional connection. So it's tying that in. So from a brand perspective, you know, I, and I said this to them, you know, use it in your marketing because it's, it's, it's something that people can relate to. Um, and like when you do marketing courses, you know, when you were starting off, I remember doing things like the brand onion and, you know, what kind of character does your business represent? Do you remember all that? <laughs> like the, the amount of marketing, like people, it was one of my biggest bugbears, especially when you recruit a team and, you know, you've got all these newly qualified marketers coming out of university and they're all really excited for their job and, you know, interviewing really well. But it's all of this theory. I mean, I work with, um, yeah. it was a marketing master's uh, students and I was really amazed. So when they presented the project to me, it cited research from 2005 and I'm like, hang on a minute, that was 15 years ago. Like a lot of marketing is kind of pretty much out of date in three months anyway. So, <laughs> you know, um, it's it's that implementation that lacks. So no amount of theory can help yeah. you implement what it is that you're doing. And yeah. I think that's why I, um, like, especially my marketing consultancy, it's all focused around curiosity. It's asking those questions yeah. about what do you find exciting and how can you relate that to what your clients find exciting? And yeah. also like, how can you, like you just said, network into the people that you want to be speaking to? Yeah. I find like what I can, I'm, I have to watch sometimes because sometimes, I mean, Ellie might be the same as well and same with the other girls, but we can sometimes get into a bubble into this like tunnel. And like, this is why we go to content marketing world or social media marketing world, because they are all like us. They're all a bit crazy and they're like marketeers and you come back out of those conferences, absolutely just screaming with the new excitement and stuff that you can do. And, you know, I, I follow uh, Anne's, Anne Hadley's, uh, what's, what's the, Anarchy, 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 the uh, newsletter that she has. It's one of the only ones that I open and read because her, because I've met her several times. I've watched her at conferences. She's got such an addictive personality. And I've become emotionally like connected. And then you get her, her newsletter in and uh, it's like she's talking to you. She's written it to you. And it's and she talks about this, you know, write to one person, you know, and it's just, it's great. So I, I like to sort of hope I inject that back in um, to, to if it's the Getkin survey or if it's the marketing consultancy side. But it's such a good point that, again, I think a lot of companies sometimes forget is that, you know, even though you're in a B2B environment where there's like loads of people involved in the buying process, you still generally do business with the people that you like. So if you yeah. go to a trade show or a conference or event, or if you see a speaker and you like that person, you're much more inclined to want to speak to them more or like read what they're putting out there or you know, listen to their podcast and do other things like that. So it's that visibility piece to make sure that, you know, you are letting the people people that um that shine in your company stand out and be visible because I think a lot of companies especially in the geospatial sector it's like it's all about branding it's all about the company and not enough about the staff and the key members um that are going to these trade shows that are building those relationships yeah. and making it more about them than it is about the company so there's a lot of fear around that um yeah. so with 
the networking side of things, because I know that Get Kids Into Survey had a wonderful stand of their own at the last uh, GEO business event, which was fantastic. <laughs> what um, trade show tips can you share? Because I know that there's a lot of companies out there, obviously not now, but um, at some point in the future, we'll be back to exhibiting at trade shows and, and doing things. So as we've discussed before, a lot of companies traditionally go to a trade show, put up their very technical banners, <laughs> um, you know, all about, you know, the, the features of the product, because, you know, as it with all technology, when you've developed it yourself, you're really passionate about it. So you want to tell people about the detail. Um, what what advice can you give um, to to people about how to make their trade show booth stand out and also how to get people coming talking to you? Because I know that you are very good at this. <laughs> Ellie? <laughs> um, I think obviously, I mean, you know, it helps with Get Kids and Survey. We've got all the bright cartoon and the colours and things like that. So that's obviously going to be quite attractive. But um, but generally speaking, you know, obviously you want your graphics and your images and things like that to be very attractive and, and sort of uh, yeah appealing to people. You don't just want, you know, just plain old sort of boring. I know it's kind of like looking at websites now compared to websites like 10 years ago. You know, it's kind of like you've got to stay current um, and keep it modern and fresh and um engaging and then also obviously with your what you're writing on your sort of banners because you know if you're just one person or two people on your stand you might be talking to people and then other people come to your stand but they'll go away if they don't understand what your stand is all about um and obviously they can't talk to you because you're engaged with other people so obviously i mean i've gone to different trade shows before and i've you know um and I've asked people, okay, what do you actually do? Like, even though I knew what they did because I, I'd heard of them before, I was like, what do you actually do? And and then they'd explain. I'd be like, why didn't you just, what you just said to me just now in that quick little explanation, why isn't that on your banner, yeah. on your, your stand? <laughs> you know, you just need to, I always say to people as well, you know, whether it's from writing content that goes out or, you know, putting out a social media post on LinkedIn or Twitter or wherever, you know, write it as if someone's just, you know, as if you're speaking to, obviously, like we just said, speaking to one person. Like, don't think about it as like, oh, I've got to be technically correct and I've got to be, um, you know, sort of feature orientated or whatever. Like, speak as if you're just texting your friend, um, minus the, you know, bad language. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, like generally just people like people like people. So it's kind of like be as personable as you can, I think, as well. So it, it, it iterates towards, you know, around everything that you do from you stand at a trade show to content you put out to social media posts, everything. So but you were also very good at making people queue to talk to you at your stands so you know let's I think you're playing down your skills here so I'm gonna I'm gonna try and like weasel it out here you know like Elaine's laughing because I remember sort of like being one of those idiots queuing to sort of talk to you I was like well, I just want to talk to you about this one thing but you're there dishing out t-shirts and posters and things like that so I think okay I think as well you know obviously with what our stand was all about as well we had lots of things going on so obviously yeah we had the t-shirts we had um, new, new things coming out like obviously the comic book we've had we had some um like AR um different things to show people because like you like you were sort of saying before people are sort of hooked on different aspects of what you're doing um so there might be someone that's a bit more techie or there might be someone that's a bit more visual there might be someone that's a bit more audio all these different different things so sort of when you're speaking to one person I suppose you've got something different to show them or different to engage with and that could be also like getting involved in a bit of a raffle as well so you've got lots of little, little things to turn you know go back on as well I think it's the psychological element as well though because like I mean Charlie you didn't come to interview last year did you I can't remember it was the one before. no I just had Ayrton, so. that's right yeah you couldn't do that yeah so uh, <laughs> very good point so last year, I mean, you saw us at uh, Interjure the year before and I was on the Topodot stand 
And last year, um, we had a bit of, well, the, the year you came, we had an issue with a pillar. I remember we, you telling me that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so the organizers, bless them, didn't sort of tell us how large the pillar was. And it was, I think, I think it was like a meter and a half or something. In <laughs> it like was huge. It was massive. Stuck right in the sort of way. And luckily we had a big sun. However, we, I thought, right, how could we do something about this? So Ted, um, the president of Topodot, took a picture and posted it. And then I forwarded it on, to, on uh, my LinkedIn and just sort of said, you know, this pillar is like, and we were mad about it at first. It got so crazy. People had to come and see the pillar to see what we were talking about. <laughs> so we'd taken a really bad situation and made it into um, a talking point. And so, but again, going back to that, you know, weird stuff that happens in marketing, it sort of got out of control. So if you go back into the threads, I mean, we I think we hashtagged it in the end or something stupid, but it, it everybody's like, yeah, I heard about your pillar. I heard that you were really mad about it. <laughs> and then last year, last year we were at um, again into Geo, and they offered us a, a nice stand in the corner. And I thought, mm, this is going to either make or break us because it was right in the main door. So as soon as you came in, it was on the right hand side, but it was not near anybody, and it was in a dark position. And I was like, right, okay. So we just we. One, Ted is amazing because he lets me go a bit crazy. So again, I've, we, I mean, this is one of the reasons why we got into the cartoons. We came up with Professor Topo and he's this professor who talks about point clouds. And so he, he injects a bit of fun because software is really boring, uh, especially to do with surveying. So we're like, how do we make it crazy? So we had all these cool graphics all over um, and then literally point cloud processing software, feature extraction. That's what you want to do for road and rail corridors. Bam. And um, we had loads of lights and we thought, right, let's just, let's see what happens. And the doors started opening and we had queues. The, the rows were like six or seven people back waiting to speak to us. <laughs> and it was just like, I think we just hit the nail on the head. It was different. It was really bright. It, it told you exactly what it did. It was niche. And this is what I say to all my customers. You have to focus specifically on even just one or two things, just but focus. I know you do several other things, but just focus your marketing on one or two things that you're really, really, really good at and promote the heck out of that. The other stuff will come. Because that's and always that's, one of my biggest bugbears, especially in the geospatial sector with software, software and scanning. It's like, you know, laser scanners, like we have a laser scanner. LIDAR, this. And it's like, right, okay, so who are you targeting at? Like, you know, is this a high-end, highly detailed um, laser scanner or is this a short-range one or is it a long-range one? Who are you actually targeting? <laughs> it's like, no, no, we just do laser scanners. It's like, ooh, you know, like, all oh, right, but there's another stall down there that's saying that they do exactly the same thing. But then yeah. when you actually go and speak to them, it's like, hang on a minute, they're targeting a completely different sector of the market. Yeah. And like, same with point cloud processing software. It's like, oh no, we do point cloud processing software. So do they, and they're opposite you. So like, what makes you different? And you have to actually go and speak to them. Yeah. But yeah. like the industry, you know, is also full of quite introverted people that don't always want to go very, and speak to people. So Very introverted. Yeah, it's great to see that, you know, you've got a real clear example of being very specific and saying, right, okay, cool. Well, we do do other things, but here's our biggest focus. Come and talk yeah. to us about that. So I mean, Topodot is a classic because like, 
they were throwing tons and tons of money at like um, Google AdWords and advertising, really specific features that they did. Yes, we we take white, we can measure all the white stripes in the road. Great, lovely. Uh, we can do buildings and we can do bridges. And I'm just like, wait, wait, whoa, stop it all. Stop it all. Let's just re-sort it all out and specifically choose. So I said, right, road and rail corridors, that's what you do. Um, yes, point cloud processing, feature extraction, how many white lines, how many curbs, blah, blah, blah. Let's just market and focus on this. And then after sorting all the marketing out and then putting back into Google AdWords specifically, it started then growing. And then Ted was like, oh, it works. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> funny that it works. <laughs> and he's like, but we do, because at the beginning, he's like, but we do buildings. We do point clouds for buildings and paths. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but... You must focus your marketing. You have to do it. Such so, so important. And I love the fact that you turned it around with the pillar in turning yeah. a, neg- a negative into a talking <laughs> point. But I was yeah. gutted to miss in studio last year because that would have been my tenth in studio. Like I'd been to nine of them consecutively. So like even though I had technically left the industry a few years ago, I still went because I still got a lot of contacts and clients in that space. And um, one of my first experience of interview was also with a, um, a fire hydrant pole and that because I'd never exhibited at such a level before and I didn't notice it on the plan. So when I got there and I was setting up the booth and everything and there was this great, it wasn't as big as the one that you had by any sense of the imagination. You like literally you know got the unlucky stick that day <laughs> I know, I know. Um, and I was like oh I've got to drive a car onto this stand like how on earth am I going to make this work with this great big like you know fire pole in the way um so it's a good learning point always study the floor plan of what it is and if there's any yeah. circle that you don't expect to see there make sure Ask. you explore it <laughs> but it, yeah but also the thing is as well is I have a good relationship with the interior guys so I phone them up and also now with video marketing and that's also really, really good because I just I like to video um, or sorry, WhatsApp video or FaceTime or whatever. Um, and that's really a really good thing. So because uh, people are like, oh, right. So then you get to know them personally. And I think that's a big key. So it's putting yourself out there. Just do it. So you are going to absolutely love a new feature that's coming to LinkedIn very soon because I know that you're getting very excited about Instagram stories and IGTV <laughs> at the minute. So link, LinkedIn will be introducing stories, a storytelling aspect Ooh, of what excellent. it is that they're doing. They're launching it in um, Brazil and the Netherlands at the minute. Um, so hopefully at the time that this actually is published, we will have access to LinkedIn stories, which oh. I think, especially for events and yeah. trade shows, will be a really big game changer. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that. And I can imagine that you'll be all over that as well. That'll be great. That'll be right <laughs> on my street. <laughs> I, love, I love that. Um, yeah, also events as well and using Twitter for that. Because I remember um, I had two team, uh, two team members that got stuck in traffic. It was at Geo Business. And I was on the stand on my own absolutely desperate for a coffee I hadn't been able to get a coffee that day at all so I was like hang on a minute I've got all of this expensive equipment on the stand I can't leave um and I really want a coffee so I think I just said on Twitter I was like the first person that can bring me a coffee will get I think that's like this special bi- po- pack I of biscuits remember that. I, I remember you doing that yeah I got three coffees in the space of about 10 minutes <laughs> it was great <laughs> <laughs> I was high Twitter. as a kite for the rest of that day. <laughs> Twitter is awesome though for for shows. You know, I don't. I used to use it a bit, but for shows, I mean, Ellie did the the conference um, in the open space at Geo Business last year, and it was brilliant because I was just tweeting stuff out all the time, and they were like people coming up to me and saying, "Oh, I just seen you tweet." I had to come over. So good. 
It works. It works. Create a talking point. So yeah, for anybody listening and you're involved in events, networking or anything like that, use Twitter, use LinkedIn and create a talking point around what it is that you're doing, even if it's something catastrophic, like having, you know, a uh, a 1.5 meter diameter fire (laughs) pole in the way. But that was, I remember seeing that and I remember looking at it going, oh, you know, you've made a really good job at this situation. <laughs> I know. God, everyone was coming to, and, and also, what's just funny, you know how they do the parties in the evening? It was a talking point at the party. They were like, yeah, you're the guys with the pole. <laughs> the pillar. <laughs> I love that. But yeah, it's always good, so good. to attend because I did that on LinkedIn a while ago. And it, it was interesting what you were saying about like talking about things that make you mad because I, um, my most viral, I hate that word, but my most viral LinkedIn post, it was, um, it was just before I had Ayrton and I had to run it past, uh, my partner at the time. And I was like, right, is this pregnant, nearly ready to give birth Charlie speaking here, getting mad, or is this normal Charlie? And he was like, no, no, that that's normal Charlie. You're okay to post it. <laughs> and it was a post, it was all about women's exclusive award ceremonies. And I've got a, a uh, bit of a, yeah. a beef about them because I'm like, why would I enter an award based on a small percentage of, you know, like I'm not, if, I don't want to win entrepreneur of the year if I'm only up against women I want to be up Correct. against everybody I'm the same. Yeah. you know and um and I know that there are a lot of people that share my views and I don't mind you know if people disagree or whatever but yeah. I got an email from the, our chamber of commerce that basically it was all pink and it was all like sort of women in pretty dresses like you know talking and clinking champagne it was all very twee and um and I was just like, oh, it, it enraged me. So I created this LinkedIn post basically saying, look, like, does anybody else get really annoyed by this? And it like it reached nearly a million people. And I was like, com- I've completely blown away by what it went That's on. Great, yeah. I think because I found it so, it, it really hit a nerve when I received yeah. that email. And I thought, right, okay, I can talk about this. You know, slightly different, but in the same way that, you know, you yeah. go to your stand and you see this massive like eyesore, you're like, it hits a nerve and it makes you angry. Talk about yeah. it in a constructive way. You can get a lot of traction from doing it that yeah. way too. Yeah, I remember that post was going for ages, like weeks, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, I was still there. I was sort of like in labor looking at my thing, like I need these distractions. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me about anything that's not related to having a baby right now. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. But it's good fun. So I realise that we've been nattering a while, uh, nattering away for a while. So what is um, like what's new with Get Kids Into Survey, and also like what what are we looking forward to? What's coming up soon? So um, obviously, you know, the posters are still going. Um, we've got this year we've, we've come out with the utilities posters. Uh, the next one's going to be transport. Um, we've also got environment this year as well. Um, and then obviously with the comic book, so that's been sort of coming out as a monthly. Um, episode in um, CES magazine in the UK and POB in the US Um, but obviously we're gearing up to sort of making a full comic book Um, so that's obviously still in the works which is really exciting Um, and then alongside that comic book we also want to release um, lesson plans that are you know in line with the curriculum for primary schools Um, and that's really that's obviously a really important important thing that we, we you know we're sort of looking at more this year um obviously up until this point it's been very focused on sort of our target audience being surveyors that's the surveyors then take it to schools or their own kids or you know do careers fairs and that kind of thing um whereas now you know how do we go direct to schools or directly through organizations um that go to schools and things like that so um our writer that does our comic book he is also a primary school teacher and he also writes curriculum um so he's 
you know, working on sort of lesson plans for the posters, lesson plans for the comic book. Um, and, and, and also what's really important is obviously, you know, we don't, you know, don't just want it to be a lesson plan on surveying, that kind of thing. It's stuff that's really appropriate to primary school kids and it ticks all the boxes for the teachers. So it's, you know, covers English, math, that kind of thing. Um, but it's talking about a story to do with surveying. Um, the, the, the most recent one that we're going to be releasing soon is um, actually a project on the Loch Ness. Um, and Matt, obviously he's still teaching key worker kids at the moment. And uh, he trialed this like last week or two weeks ago um, and did a project on the Loch Ness. And it was all about, you know, read about the Loch Ness, the, the stories, all that sort of thing. And then it was going into where is Loch Ness actually located? So use Google Maps, orientate yourself, you know, learning all about sort of the geography side of things. Um, and then how did they find out if Loch Ness, you know, if the Loch Ness monster was real or not? Um, so they, you know, learned about sonar and how to sort of, you know, measure the, the depths of the water and what's underneath it and um, and then other things as well. So it's really interesting, you know, we were talking about how, you know, when you're talking person to person with marketing, it's the same with obviously kids as well. It's like, how do you relate to them on their level? And then you hook them in with, um actually education sort of thing so it's kind of like hook them in with Loch Ness Monster this mysterious creature but then also then te- like go to the investigation side where you then teach them about surveying equipment and technologies and then careers and then it you know develops further so um so yeah so it's really exciting actually working on those different sort of projects I suppose yeah um so that's that's sort of the big thing that we're doing this year oh fantastic and will you have any more um is it Professor Ginger yeah, Geo Ginger. Geo Ginger, um, sorry, Geo Ginger. Yeah, what as in the AI, the AI. Yeah, yeah. yeah so um, obviously we started that like a year ago, um, sort of try, trialing it out and seeing how that would look. And we absolutely loved it, but it has been put on pause. Um, but yeah, one, once we sort of get the ball rolling again, and obviously after sort of COVID and things like that, when we start to sort of come back to a little bit more of normality of going out to events and things like that, um, it, it will be in the future plans probably for next year or something like that. Yeah, this so amazing vision, vision of like Geo Ginger going diving into Loch Ness, trying to find Nessie and sort of doing yeah. all these things. How cool would that be? Yeah, <laughs> uh, like it was really interesting actually t- tapping onto that because when we spoke, because because we've been marketing it from industry to education and not from education to industry, it was like, how do we like? Then we tap into the kids. How do we? So we've been, uh, we joined up with, met up with um, the Geospatial Commission in January, who then they've sent out a load of homeschooling resources, which has been really good for us, um, including, of course, all the Get Kids Survey stuff. Um, and then uh, they put us in touch with the uh, Ge- Geography Association. So hopefully we're going to be doing lots of cool things with those guys. And they look after all the teachers, all the geography teachers throughout the UK. Um, so it's all like how we tap into it and keep it simple. And Matt touched on it perfectly. And again, this relates back to marketing generally. He says, don't overcomplicate it, Elaine. You don't need to teach a kid about GPS or a total station or you know some piece of laser survey kit. You talk to them about Loch Ness Monster and how did they find it. So he used the exploration poster from the offshore poster that we have. What tools would you use to find the Loch Ness Monster? Oh, sonar. Oh, okay. And what about, you know, other things? So there's all these tools that they could pick out. And then indirectly what that's doing is the kid might not necessarily know what survey is, but they'll say, oh, that guy there standing beside the road, he's got a total station or he's a surveyor. But also, so it's, it's, it's educating generally uh, the 
wider audience. And it's uh, this morning, I've just been sitting listening to the geosciences webinar, and they were talking about it. How do we educate the general public? This is how we educate the general public through, you know, it's a, it's associational word and, and picture association. But what it actually means, it's that process from the Loch Ness monster to using surveyors to to survey Loch Ness. So, yeah. Yeah, it's brilliant because also it's like there's you can be so overwhelmed with the amount of technology that's available for any particular application or any particular industry. And especially like relating it back to marketing, a lot of people come to me, it's just like I'm so overwhelmed with the options available. I don't know which piece of software or which tool or whatever to use to help me achieve my goal. But because like very few companies seem to talk about the goals that they're working towards, yeah. it's, it just makes it really hard for the the business or the consumer to say, right, okay, well, actually, this is the thing that I need now, or I want to sort of prioritize my time looking at that. So yeah, that's, um, that'd be really cool to sort of like say, oh, right, what am I going to use here? Am I going to use Sonar? And uh, like, because I, um, one of my earlier guests came on to talk about VIDAR technology, but because I spent six years working in like using LIDAR technology, I was like, oh, they've a spelling mistake. You know, it's like they're talking about LIDAR, not VIDAR. And I was like, hang on a minute, actually, no, it is a thing. Um, so that uses um, a different, completely different type of to- technology um, for search and rescue. So it can sort of identify huh. small, tiny objects from the air. It's very cool. Um, so so yes, video it, based then? Is it video based or yes. photogrammetry stuff? Yes. So you use it with um, radar on a helicopter for search and rescue and all sorts of things. So worth checking out that uh, interview. It's an earlier episode. Yeah, I'll have a look at that one. So yes, with Richard Glynn Jones. So for any of our listeners that want to learn more about VIDAR instead of LIDAR, (laughs) (laughs) check out that earlier episode. It's like, so um, yeah, that's brilliant. So where, um, you know, for anybody listening, thinking, oh, I really want to find out more about Get Kids Into Survey and understand a little bit more about the industry. Where do they go to find out more? Well, um, obviously our website, which is very simply getkidsintosurvey.com. Um, so obviously all the sort of information for from obviously surveyors and, and, and sort of looking at how they can get involved with us because, you know, they can sponsor our material from the posters to the comic book, but they can also be brand ambassadors. So like one of the key things is that we want, you know, people all over the world spreading this. It's not, you know, it's not just about us like, getting out there it's about building the community and building everyone sort of helping each other out um so we've got you know ambassadors in the states and australia we've got south africa we've got we're covering you know many areas now so it's sort of like how can you get involved without having to you know put your money anywhere you can sort of just go out into schools and spread the word and spread the material um and then obviously we've got the whole resources page for kids for teachers um which has all the sort of posters coloring sheets comic book um, and then we just keep sort of populating that as well. So, yeah, that's the main the main thing. And then obviously we're on on the social media channels as well. Um, yeah, brilliant. And what what's your sort of favorite social media platform of choice at the moment? I know Elaine's all over Instagram at the moment, but how about you, Ellie? Um, yeah, I think for more sort of talking directly to I suppose the industry, um, definitely LinkedIn. But yeah, Instagram is probably my favorite for sort of just being a bit more sort of informal and a bit more fun and free. And yeah, that's good fun. Brilliant. So anything else that you would like to add before we wrap up this interview or anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners? I think we've covered most of it. Haven't we? <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I think one of the things that's just on just why we're talking about Instagram is uh, I launched Instagram TV for our industry. I've got like, what am I doing daily? And I just given a blurb on what I'm up to. Um, and then yesterday we launched the um, literally it's called geospatial chats. 
and just chatting with other surveyors. And we had river surveyors on yesterday and it was hilarious. Some of the stuff that they, they come out with, river surveyors falling in rivers and, you know, all sorts of stuff. But what, what is really important about it is I, we just did it. So last week, me and Hannah were just having our marketing update. And I said, come on, let's jump onto Instagram TV now live. Let's just do it. And it's feel the fear and do it anyway. It's that, you know, jump right in there. Don't be scared. Just try it. And I just did. And we're getting between 100 and 150 views at the moment. And I've only got a small amount of people. I've got about 600 people on my Instagram account. And I thought, well, you know, I'll, it was just sharing pictures. But I thought, no, actually, this is a really good platform for me to be informal, whereas LinkedIn is a bit more corporate. Um, and I thought, let's just go for it. But I definitely put that out there to anybody who's wanting to do something. Just do it. Just try it. And, you know, it's exhilarating. Um yeah, even Mike said it on the on the call yesterday. He says, he says I can't hide behind this, can I? Because it's live. <laughs> so yeah. It's a really good way to learn, isn't it? If you can just yeah. put yourself out there and do something live and then just like remove all of the fear of messing up or it going wrong or anything like that as well, it'll just help you so much when you're doing everything else. And that's not saying that you need to kind of like reduce your standards or anything like that, but it's no. just like just remove those um those barriers to entry I guess yeah people want to speak to people and they want to see what you're like as a person and not this corporate face it's like you know when people say to me about their marketing their sort of their look what their marketing looks like and I'm like yeah but that looks really corporate and boring whereas this looks really and it doesn't have to be cartoony it just needs to be a bit more about their personality and their leadership and how their culture is in their business Hmm. so yeah well, that's always worked well for me in every role that I've had. If you can elevate your team and the staff that's working with you and the people that are kind of going face to face with the clients, tell their story, showcase yeah. them, lift them up, um, because that, that's really what people want to know and what people want to see, isn't it? Not, yeah, you know, the corporate um, stuff that nobody's really interested in. Yeah, correct. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, it's been absolutely lovely having you on this podcast after all this time. I know I've been bugging you for ages. Going, please come on my podcast. <laughs> no, it's been brilliant. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much. So thank you. I will include all of the um references and links and everything like that in the show notes. So for anybody interested, just head over to charliewyman.com forward slash podcast. And thank you, Elaine and Ellie. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank, thank you. you. When marketing isn't your primary focus or area of expertise, it can quickly become very overwhelming, frustrating, and end up at the top of your I'm avoiding this list. If you'd like to make your life easier and get results from your marketing, then I invite you to come and join us in the Curious Marketing Club, a virtual community full of support, guidance, and know-how. For details about the club and for the show notes from this episode, please visit my website, charliewyman.com. If you enjoyed this episode and want to learn from other people who are being curious and doing amazing things, then please subscribe and keep listening. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.